Good morning, <laughs> you guys. Really uh, good to see you all. Um, really good to see you all. I'm, I'm a little taken aback. Our hearts are a little heavy this morning. Uh, one of our uh, our great young men, a uh, guy by the name of James, is, uh, had an accident yesterday, and, and he is at home due to that accident. And uh, he just, his James Fitzgerald, and... Uh, him and his his family need your prayers, and uh, we're with them uh, for about half the day yesterday in the ER. And uh, he is a part of our family, of course, and uh, we don't use that loosely. And um, a little heavy our hearts are for for him and for Kelly. Um, so please do keep him in your prayers. Uh, we're continuing our sermon series, uh, which is called the attributes of God. Uh, for those of you that are new um, or your first time here, my name is Derek and um, we are really enjoying going through this series. Um, going through, I think this is the fifth attribute uh, that we're coming to. Um, addressing the fact that God is eternal uh, is what we'll talk about today, that God is eternal. Um, uh, the word eternal, by definition, uh, means existing forever uh, without an end or a beginning. And so God is eternal. We're going to talk about how that affects you. Um, we talked about going back and forth between communicable traits, which are traits of God that we could aspire to, and then traits of God that we can aspire to, which are non-communicable. Uh, God is eternal, of course, being a non-communicable trait. It's just a point of worship, uh, but it does affect us, and we're going to talk about three ways that affects us, that God is eternal. Uh, because God is eternal, that affects his giving, uh, that affects his viewpoint, and that affects his comfort of us. Uh, we're going to talk about that today, and uh, we it is our prayer that God would, would use uh, his word to to permeate your hearts and, and be a blessing to you this morning. Let's pray. Dear God, we, we, we thank you for all of your many blessings. We thank you for uh, being so good to us. Uh, God, in these moments, um, we ask that you take over um, as if you already didn't have control anyway. Um, but we ask that you... Manifest yourself, uh, manifest your presence. Fill this place, God, with your presence. Fill this place, God, with your spirit. Uh, God, your word lets us know that in the last days that you would pour out your spirit on all flesh. Um, God, we believe these are the last days. Um, biblically, we see signs of it. And so, God, we ask that you pour out your spirit, God, on all flesh. Pour out your spirit in the service. Fill this small room, God, with your presence. Speak to our hearts. Uh, our expectation is to you and from you, God. We humble ourselves before you. Uh, you are our God King. And we look to you for everything. Uh, forgive us of our sins. Wash us, God, with your forgiveness right now. Uh, remove anything in our hearts, our minds that would prevent us from hearing from you. I'm being used by you today. 
We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're looking at the fact that God is is eternal. I'm super, super excited about about this particular message. Maybe of all the messages that uh, in this series so far, in all the attributes of God that we've talked about, I'm, I'm the most excited about this one. It is one that's near and dear to me. It's something that I think about every day. The fact that God is eternal. That God is eternal. Uh, that he has no birthday. He has no birthday because he has no birth. He had no beginning. And the Bible lets us know that he is without beginning or end. He always was. He is. And the Bible lets us know that he always will be. That God is eternal. Uh, That God, in being eternal, that he is not hindered by the restraints of time. We are hindered by the restraints of time, being human, hindered by the restraints of time. We can be on time. We can be late. And and time affects us in the way we live our lives. And as each day goes by, I'm I'm finding out that that everything about me is slowing down. I'm getting older by the day. Of course, I, I... it's, it's really hitting home. I, I might be having a, a crisis or something. I'm, I turned uh, 38 on the uh, 17th of February. I'm almost 40, people. Uh, I'm almost 40. I, I, I never thought I'd be here. Um, I really didn't. Um, <laughs> but I, I, my life and everything about it, I can't jump as high as I used to. Um, I, I can't run as fast. I can't even run fast. Uh, I'm gonna say as fast as I can still run fast, but just not. No, I can't even run fast anymore. The bar is it's pretty sad. Uh, but my 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 life and everything about my life and and even yours. I'm not the only one. Uh, I heard a lot of laughs, but uh, we are. We live within the restraints of time. But God does not. God does not. He does not live within the restraints of time. He does not exist within the restraints of time. God is not hindered nor restrained by time. Time is hindered by him. The Bible says in Genesis, the first chapter, the fourth and the fifth verse, it says that he separated the light from the darkness and the evening and the morning were the first day. And so the first tick, the first second happened on God's watch. The very first second happened happened with God standing over it and said, all right, go. And the very first second happens on God's watch. He is not hindered by time. In the book of Joshua, uh, because he... Just because he wanted to, just because he felt like it. The Bible says that for the sake of his people, he allowed the sun to stand still. God does not operate on time. God cannot be early. He cannot be early. He also cannot be late. He doesn't, uh, unlike us, he doesn't uh, sit within time. He actually stands outside of time. And operates outside of time. 
that God in his all-powerfulness is actually looking at time. Standing outside of it, looking at it. The Bible says in regards to our thoughts, the Bible says that he sees our thoughts afar off. Before we even think them, it's not just that he knows what we're going to think. That, that makes him all-knowing. But And that's one aspect of God. It's not just that he is all-knowing. He sees our thoughts afar off, which means the thought that you're going to be thinking tomorrow afternoon at 2.31 p.m. in 20 seconds, God sees it coming down the pipeline. He sees it coming. He sees our thoughts afar off. God stands outside of time looking at it. And this, and we're going to talk about it today, this is a point of worship. This is something that we can be thankful for. This is something that we will uh, learn to appreciate about our God. God is eternal. Eternal. Three things that that affects uh, in regards to us. It affects a lot of things, but... Three things that uh, the fact that he is eternal affects about God that we're going to talk about. Uh, It affects God and so it affects us. Because God is eternal, it affects his giving. Because God is eternal, it affects his viewpoint. And because God is eternal, it affects his comfort or the way that he comforts. The first thing, it uh, it affects his giving. Uh, Chris, if you can put the second one up, John 3.16. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That God, and even when he gives to us, because he is eternal, that even when he gives to us, that the fact that he is eternal bleeds into his giving. And so that an eternal God, in wanting to bless us and give to us, that an eternal God chose to give an eternal gift. Because he himself is eternal. I am human, and I am not eternal, and there is nothing that I can give that is eternal. Everything that I can do, uh, everything that I can give has a, has a time limit on it. We live in a world where you go to McDonald's and, 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 and they give you, or you go to a restaurant, particularly McDonald's, say McDonald's, I know you all like it so much, um, and, and, and they give you a coupon and has a limited time only. Isn't that messed up? Like, why can't it last? Like, why can't it just be for the rest of my life? Why can't I come back in 50 years and redeem this coupon? Uh, it, it hurts my feelings, but anyway. But God, even in being eternal, gives eternal gifts. He's, he's an eternal God who chose to ultimately give you and I an eternal gift. And I want you to know that in being an eternal God, he doesn't have a lot of interest in giving temporary gifts. He's not too concerned about giving you a car that's going to die in five years anyway. I'm not saying he won't do that. I'm not saying he won't give 
temporary gifts. The Bible says that all good and perfect gifts come from the Lord. That all gifts come from Him. And so He will give you things. He'll do those things every now and then. He'll give you something and He'll die 10 years from now. But ultimately, He's not really interested in that. He's not really interested in that. Our eternal God ultimately wants to give you something that will last forever. Now, I know that may hurt your feelings because you're praying for a car. And I know that may hurt your feelings because you're praying for a a, a better house that's going to fall apart in 40 years anyway. I know you're praying for uh, maybe a a friend to come into your life who's going to who's going to uh, walk out of your life at some point anyway. Even our prayers, it's funny that to an eternal God, we pray temporary prayers. And wonder why he's so slow to move on those prayers. It's because he's not really interested in them. We pray to an eternal God and ask for, things, ask for something that will last for a couple of months. He's not really interested. It's not that he won't do it because he does do it every day. Every day he does it. But ultimately, our eternal God wants to give us eternal gifts. And the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would have eternal life. That ultimately, God, in the greatest gift that he could give you, the best thing he could possibly do for you, that if you know him as your Savior, you already have it. The very best, the very best, the very biggest, the the, the most amazing, the most glamorous, the most extravagant gift he could ever give to you, if you know him as your Savior, he's already done it. And it behooves us, uh, and and, and I was in this point at one point in my life, being someone who had that, had God's best, but was looking for something else. How sad of it is to, to be in a position in your relationship with God when you have the very best thing that he could possibly give you, but I'm still not happy. I'm still yearning for more. I'm still wanting this or that or that my happiness or my joy would hinge on him doing something else. He has already done. The Bible says, uh, for those of you that are looking for God or praying that God would bless you, the Bible says that he said in his word, I am thy great and mighty reward. The day I gave you me, I gave you the biggest, best thing I could possibly give you. And if you have that, you ought to have joy. Regardless of what your car looks like, regardless of where you work, regardless of how much money you make, if you have him, that should be about enough. God is not so interested in giving uh, temporary gifts. It, it, it is beside me that, uh, and it confuses me sometimes, and I'm guilty of it myself, why we pray to an eternal God 
and constantly, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing it sometimes, but just always asking for things, for temporary things. He's not that interested in them. The second thing I want you to know about our God is because he is eternal, it affects his viewpoint. That God has an eternal viewpoint. Again, he's not in time, sitting in time, that he is standing outside of it, looking at all of it. That God, so amazing as he is, is literally standing outside of time, looking at all of it. The Bible uh, lets us know that that 10,000 years is just one day in the sight of God. It's because he's sitting outside of it, looking at all of it. That God, with one turn of his head, can see the very first day and see this day in the same glance. He's standing outside of it, looking at all of it. And so his, his viewpoint is eternal. And I want you to know, and you may say, well, what does that have to do with me that God has an eternal viewpoint? It's because he's calling you to have more of an eternal viewpoint. We know this by 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter in the 18th verse. It says, for we look not at the things that are seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so God is calling our attention. He's saying, look at eternity with me. Look at, join me in looking at eternity. Stop being so focused on on right now, today, what's going on at this moment, at this time in your life, and look at eternity with me. I I have thought about this, this, this thought of looking at eternity. Uh, It's something that is difficult to even grasp, but yet God is calling us to do it. He's calling us to do it. I want to help you in your, as you try to look at eternity, 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, ask that we do this. And so I want to help you with that. I want to bring out a little illustration I have. uh, I've brought it to the stage before. I call it the eternity rope. The eternity rope. Um, I used it in an illustration uh, once before, and it was very helpful to me to uh, in thinking about eternity. Sherry, can you grab the other end of this and just pull it all the way to that side? I'm sorry. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you can just leave it there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, picture this as it were, that this rope, I wanted to go off the stage. I'm sorry, Chad, I didn't even tell you to do the right thing. That was my fault. All right, I wanted to go out of your sight. All right, so picture this rope as it were a timeline of your existence, okay? Picture this rope as it were a timeline of your existence, that you would have a few short years here on earth, Okay? And that this will be your time here on earth. Okay? Uh, the, the rope, uh, you can get a lot of rope for $10 at Walmart. <laughs> it's, uh, it's almost scary uh, how much rope you can get for just $10. Um, yeah, yeah, anyway. So, but the very tip of this rope, I painted it black, or I tried to. Um, 
it's almost like green now, but it is different from, raise your hand if you can't see that, if you can't see that the end of it is a different color than the rest of it. Raise your hand if you cannot see that. Awesome. JT, you can see that? Awesome. If you can see it and everybody else can see it, you're in the back. Okay. So the end of this rope from here to here, it's black. The rest of it is gold. Picture this rope as it were a timeline of your existence, that you would have a certain amount of time here on earth, on earth. For some people, I've seen this be for a baby that dies. I've seen this be a year. I've seen this be 20 years. Uh, I, I, I know a friend uh, not too long ago that passed died in his 20s. And so that this was 20-something years for him. You know, for me, I'm hoping that this is at least 70 or 80 or, or, or around there. Okay? But you have to know that in regards to eternity, that this looks about the same to God. Okay, And so picture your life as it were you have a few short years here on earth and then you'll have all of eternity somewhere else. Literally all of eternity somewhere else. And picture is that rope as it goes on forever because in regards to your existence it does. Okay, Now our eternal God is calling us to, to put our mind on eternity. But for some reason... He's calling our attention away from this to look at eternity. Why is it that everything about our lives, what we talk about, the what we do, the way we live our lives, is so focused on this right here? That even we that walk with God, even we that know God, this is all we think about right here. Nobody ever talks about any of this, despite the fact that your existence will be dominated by all of this. And whether you're sitting there, and and, and, and I see Malachi in the back. Malachi, you're 12? 14? I'm sorry. Gosh, no. He has has a baby face. This is not my fault. He has a baby face. So Malachi, he's, he's in the back. He's 14. I, I say him because I know he's in his teens. Um, and, and we may have in the room, I know my father's 70. So I'm going to put you out there, but it, it is what it is now because it just happened. So it's about, he's, he's ish, 70-ish. He doesn't want me to say he's 70-ish. Okay, so, but in the room we have uh, from, from as little as maybe 14 to around 70-ish. And so to all of us, It's the same deal to all of us. It would carry the same amount of weight. Whether you die next week or you die a year from now, that at some point this will come to an end. The Bible says it is appointed unto a man, unto every man to die. That we all have an appointment with death. Every single one of us has an appointment. An appointment. An eternal God is letting you know that we all have an appointment. It's not just that we're going to die at some point randomly. And eternal God says, no, 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 no. It ain't going to just be sometime. There's a time, there's a day, there's a month, there's a second. There's a very last second. And, and God is letting us know that we have an appointment with death. An appointment. An appointment will this will run out. And then after that, then it's all about this. It's all about that. 
Why is it that everything about what we talk about, everything about what we say and do and the way we live our lives is so focused on this? Why are we so focused on this? Like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work real hard and I'm going to save, 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 save so I can enjoy, so I can really live it up for this last part right here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stress myself out and, 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 and save, save, save and, 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 and you know, put, take some out of every paycheck and do all this stuff. And I'm not, nothing wrong with saving, but, you know, do all these things. I'm going to make all these measures. I'm going to meet with people and, and do all these things so that I can and base my life around this now so that I can really enjoy. I'm really, I'm really going to live it up. This is when, you, when you're going to really want to be my friend if you're not already. If you're not, you got about this much time because here you're going to want to know me. You're going to want to know me. Because I'm going to have a bunch of stuff and you're going to want to be traveling with me and living it up with me for this amount of time right here. And this is all we think about. This is all we focus on. This is all we talk about. That this, it seems that, that no one is very concerned about the fact that we are going to have an appointment with death and then the rest of our existence which I, I, I do want to let you know is based on what happens during this time. Isn't it crazy to think that what you do during this little portion right here affects how all the rest of this is going to go for you? That is why I don't really have time to be playing games. I don't have time. I'm not trying to impress people. I, 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 I answered my call to preach because I felt it was what God wanted me to do. I wasn't trying to be impressive. I wasn't trying to, to look good. I have no interest in looking holier than thou or all this mess. I got a little bit of time. The Bible says, uh, where is it? I want to say it's Proverbs. No, it's Psalms. I think I might, I might have written it down. Job, Job 14 and 1. Job says in Job 14 and 1 that a man has but a few days and they are full of trouble. That all this, on this side of creation, that I will hurt, I will cry, I will experience pain. People will betray me. They will walk away from me. And all during this time right here. And so... It would behoove you. It would be to your best interest knowing that this decides the rest, that you would live for God the best way you can. That is why the Bible says that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind and all thy strength. Why? Because this is all we have to do it. And, and what you do, it's crazy because our, our viewpoint, we're talking about an eternal viewpoint. Our viewpoint isn't very eternal. Our viewpoint isn't very eternal. And I see the way people live their lives. I see the way, the things that they do, the decisions they make. And I see them and I say, you're going to do that right now just for, just to enjoy that moment right there? What about all this? Really? Like you're going to make that decision right now. You're going to do that right now. You're going to live that way right now. 
having no uh, perspective of, of the rest of your existence, not even thinking about the rest of your existence. You're going to live that way right now, just, just for now? What about all of this? And, and that is the reason I am trying to be every day the very best I can be for God. I am not perfect by any stretch of imagination, but I am trying my best to be the very best man I can be because I want to spend all of this with him, having a party, living it up, all of this. And I will. And I will. And for those of you that are just thinking about right now, uh, even I, I believe this, you know some of us even in this room right now, and I'm guilty of it, from living in a way, and, and, and God is calling us to an eternal viewpoint. It really means that in having an eternal viewpoint, that I live my life with this in mind. That I talk with this in mind. That I treat people with this in mind. That I give with all of this in mind every single day of my life. That I live for God the very best I can with all of that in mind. And the devil doesn't want you to do that. Because if you start thinking about all this, this is, it's, it's either going to be scary or comforting. It's either going to be really scary or make you feel really good about the way that you're living your life. God is he's calling us to an eternal viewpoint. He's saying we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are, that are unseen. Think about the eternal sometimes. As you go about your week, and, 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 and I brought up the different age groups in the room because this is applicable. This is applicable to all of us. Whether you go to Carolina Springs Middle School or whether you're living in Carolina Springs uh, uh, old folks home, this is applicable to all of us. And it would behoove you, it would be in your best interest to live for God while you can. To give God your very best while you can each and every day of your life. No, and, and, and who cares? I was, I was talking to, you know, I had the chance to, to do some mentoring. I was talking to a couple of teenagers the other day. I said, who cares about the fact, and, and, and the two teenagers, they were talking to me and telling me how they're trying to live for God and they have people who give them a little hard time at school and stuff. I said, who cares about those kids at school who are laughing at you during this? It doesn't matter. Who's going to be laughing during, during this time? What, where are they going to be at? And I can promise you, I don't care what you believe, there's only one or two places that we will either be in bliss, which is heaven, and there's all these great things about heaven. The Bible says you can read them in, in, in Revelations, all these great things about heaven. But what makes heaven heaven isn't all those things. What makes heaven heaven isn't pearly gates. What makes heaven heaven, boy, I feel God's spirit. What makes heaven heaven isn't pearly gates and, and, and streets made of gold and all these things. What makes heaven heaven is that God will be there. Amen. And that we will live, we will live in perfect union with him. This might blow your mind, but you won't even really care that the streets are made of gold when you get there. When you see him, 
When you see him, you won't even really care that the foundations of the gates are made of pearl. That won't even really matter to you so much. But the Bible says when he, in all of his glory, sitting in the midst of the city, the Bible says that there will be no need of the sun. Because he will light up the whole place. And that the Bible says that we will just surround the throne staring at him. Streets made of gold, uh, gates made of pearl, all these beautiful things. And, 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 the, and the Bible says that there will be a river uh, going around it. And in spite of all that, we're sitting there just looking at him. Because he's so glorious and he's so beautiful. Please, ma'am, please, sir, live your life with an eternal viewpoint. Stop living for now, making decisions based on right now. It's not, it's really not that important. The last thing I want you to see is uh, because God is eternal, he comforts eternally. Because God is eternal, he, he comforts eternally. Chris, pull up the very last one and second. Thessalonians, the second chapter, the 16th and the 17th verse. And it reads thus, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encouragement your hearts, uh, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. He gave us eternal encouragement. He didn't give me temporary encouragement. He gave me eternal encouragement, which means... Which means that this, if you're doing what you should do, this should encourage you. This should encourage you. And when you see it, when you, when you have an eternal viewpoint, this, and you know that you have God as your Savior, and Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have an eternal viewpoint, this will be encouraging to you. Okay? And this ought to be your hope. This will make you feel better when you have an eternal viewpoint. Um, it's, it's crazy to me how we get so mad at God because he didn't do something during uh, this time right here. Because he allowed you to go through a little bit of pain and a little bit of suffering and, 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 and a little, that he allowed you to have some tears and go through some heartache during this time right here. It, it is amazing to me, and I am guilty of it. Even in my depression, uh, I didn't have an eternal viewpoint. I should have been rejoicing that I have all this with him, but I was so caught up and that my life was going real bad for this little period right here. I got so caught up in that. I got so caught up in that. Do you know how ridiculous that is? To that God would have paid the debt in regards to your eternity, but we're upset with him and we're not speaking to him and you didn't pray last week and you only picked up your Bible one time because of some, some things he allowed you to go through during this time right here. Are you serious? And I did the same thing. I was so guilty of it. The devil wanted me to be so focused on this. And it's like, oh my gosh, it, that is messed up. That, that, oh man, that's terrible right there. And he, he didn't want me to think about all this. And when I, I had a temporary viewpoint as opposed to an eternal viewpoint, I began to cry. I began to feel sad. I began to feel sorry for myself. 
I begin to, because as Job says in Job 14 and 1, that life is few days and full of trouble. And if you concentrate on this, it will bring you down. If all you do is focus on this, it's not going to be very encouraging. You're not going to be very happy. But if you look at the eternal, it will, I I promise you, it will. I, I keep this rope in my closet. And every time I get down, I pull it out and stretch it out and across the room. I'm like, man, that's a lot of rope. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to spend all that. God did all that for me? Are you serious, God? You love me so much. You did all that for me? Oh, my gosh, you are so amazing. And the fact that I would be upset with you, the fact that I didn't talk to you but a couple of times last week because of some stuff going on right here, I'm so stupid. How ridiculous am I? That's like being mad at somebody that paid your mortgage off, but you're mad at them because they didn't buy you lunch. Are you serious? They paid your mortgage off, and they didn't buy you lunch yesterday, and you're pissed off at them, and you didn't talk to them out last week. Please, please try to explain it to them when you see them. Please try to explain it to them when you see them. Why, hey, why didn't you talk to me last week? You, 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 didn't, you didn't buy my lunch. Please explain to an eternal God who paid off the debt that was your sin forever and ever and ever. Please explain to him why you didn't talk to him but one time last week. Please explain to him why you got so down you didn't want to come to church. Please explain to him the one who in uh, John 3.16 gave his only son. He sent his only son to die for our sins. Please explain to him why, you, why, why you're out with him right now. Please explain it to him and just listen to it as you say it. Listen to yourself as you say it. And, and see how ridiculous it sounds to you. God has been so good. That is why in 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17, it says that he has given us an eternal consolation. That this is is, is consoling. This ought to make me feel better. This ought to give me some joy. And so car broken down, lights off, water off, don't matter. Uh, negative, uh, negative in the account at Wells Fargo. It don't matter because nothing that anybody can say or do, they can, they can come today and take the car out of the driveway, but they can't take this. They can't take any of this. And there is nothing that anybody can do to take away that. Jesus said in his word, he said, nobody can take you out of my hand. In other words, what I got for you, the gift I got for you, the thing I'm trying to do for you, and what I've done for you, nobody can take that from you. Nobody can take it. No bill collector, no, no, no repossessor. There's not, a tro- there's not a tow truck big enough that can back its way into your driveway and take away all this. There ain't one big enough. That's how good God is. And, when, and this is why I keep this very rope in my closet. Because God is calling me to an eternal viewpoint. He's calling me to look at the eternal. And when you look at the eternal, instead of focusing all your attention on this, it will give you joy. It'll make you want to come to church. It'll make you praise God. God, thank you for all of this. God, you really don't have to buy my lunch. If you do it, that's good. I'll take it. But if you don't, 
that's fine too. That's fine too. Don't get me wrong. I ain't turning no blessings down on this side of creation now. Please don't hear that. So if he sends it, I'm taking it. I ain't sending it back. Uh Uh-uh. But he doesn't have to. And this is what prosperity gospel would teach you is that he has to do something for you on this side. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have to do a thing more than what he's already done. He has already done enough. And if he doesn't do anything else, he is good. If he doesn't do anything else, he's done okay by you. If he doesn't do anything else, he's already blessed you and lavished you as good as he possibly could. And so that is why Habakkuk said in in chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, I'm going to end with this. He said, though there be no fig tree, he said, though the fig tree won't blossom, neither shall there be any fruit on the vine. See, Habakkuk had an eternal viewpoint. He said, though there be no fruit on the vine, though the labor of the olive shall fail, though the field shall yield no meat, though the flock shall be cut off in the field and there be no herd in the stall. He said, that is all right with me. I'm going to be just fine anyway. Very next verse tells you why. He said, because I will rejoice in the God, not of my right now, but I will rejoice. Habakkuk 3 and 18, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. I'm I'm, I'm going to rejoice in the God that did all this for me. So who cares that everything isn't going the way I want it to go through, what the way I want it to go right now? Because God has been so good. There are those of you in this room, you owe God some back praise. You owe God some praise from the time you were holding it back. You owe God some praise payments from the, from the time you withheld it from him because you just swore he wasn't that good. And that is why the Bible says, it is because of this that David says that from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, his name is worthy to be praised. Whether you do it or not, that he is worthy to be praised. He is worth it. Let's pray. Oh, God, I thank you so much. I I just feel your spirit filling this place. Thank you, God, for pouring out your spirit. Uh, Thank you, God, for pouring out your word. God, there was some, there's someone here uh, hoping and praying that, God, you would do something else for them. God, help them to see that you've already done enough. God, you may do it, you may not do it, but whether you do it or not, God, we thank you. We thank you for being so good to us. And we love you. You are the God of our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. This audio is provided as a free ministry of Radius Church. If you would like to reproduce this audio, please feel free to do so. We ask that you do not charge for any reproductions that you make. If you would like to know more about Radius, please visit us online at radiuschurch.org or download our app from your app store.